Blog Talk Radio. on this, but I want to ask you here because I think this is a question that comes up a lot, especially when it comes to talking about the soul and what role the actual soul plays with us. You know, we have the mind, the body, and some would say the soul and the connection that it plays in our transformation as becoming gods and goddesses walking on this earth. What is that connection between the soul and, and, and what do we need that for in our transformation? The soul is all there really is. Everything else is a projection of the soul. And this particular soul, when it starts to wake itself up, which is a sun, S-U-N-S-O-N. Right. You see what I'm saying? A star. Every man, every woman is a star. Whenever it starts to wake itself up, it, it, it does various things. Some souls are still asleep. So, therefore, in place of it, the ego exists and su- supposes itself to be the individual. That's most people. But but then when the soul starts to wake up, it starts to send signals to the consciousness to remember itself. So you start reading, you start studying, and you start, you know, going into this particular consciousness. Now, there's several distractions in there because when the soul is trying to do it, the ego is still involved, and it's a hard process because you can get distracted again, which means the ego can go, hey, this soul is waking up, but I still love it. I want to be, I want to exist. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a part of this knowledge that ultimately will wake this soul up, and I'm going to have this person get locked in one of the areas of the knowledge, and it will suppose itself it's being knowledge, but because it is locked into one area, that's nothing but a form of ego. Mm. That's why they say master nothing. That's so the story goes in the in the in the Holy Grail. They got a a a, 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 a knight called Parzival. Parzival is a knight that was raised in the country by his mother. His father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother says it's a horror story. Basically, the father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother says, I don't want him to be no knight. So she raises him way in the woods, and he plays with nature and everything. And so one day, he's out there in the woods, and he sees a shining knight in a silver shining suit. And he said, oh, my God, that's God. So he runs and tells his mom, he runs and tells his mama, say, Mom, I want to be a knight. And she almost faints. But she knows he's getting to be 18 now, and she can't hold him forever. So she has one of these plans. She takes him and, and shows him up a court jester's uniform and says, this is the uniform of a knight. So her plan is when he comes there looking like a clown at King Arthur's court, they, they will laugh him out of the court, and he will run back home and never want to be a knight again. So he rides off. To King Arthur's court. As soon as he rides off, she falls off dead. And the reason why she falls out dead because when you're on this bridge, if you try to go backwards, you fall, fall, fall. You can never go backwards. You can never go home. So now, so what happens here is he gets to the court, Knight's court, and they are laughing and laughing and laughing at him with this court just in such a ridiculous outfit till it gets the ear of King Arthur. Thus, he he able to go into it works the opposite. He's able to go right in front of King Arthur. 
because of his funny outfit. And later on, he ends up becoming a knight. But all of the, this is now this is the key. All of the knights were proficient and masters, but they were always masters at one discipline. Right. Which means that you are still locked in a box. Whereas Parzival, because he was not raised into knighthood and came from humble origins, he was able to get the Holy Grail when the other ones were not able to get the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is, i.e., his own soul and rise to the God level. That's what the mystery is. He is able to get the Holy Grail for the simple fact that by him not mastering the discipline, he was able to ride through all of the disciplines. You see what I'm saying? And get the, and, and get the, his own soul. So mastering, you master something, but if you master one section, you're only inflating your ego. By him being the divine fool, which is the tarot card, it's called the fool. And it is the only tarot card that can be used throughout the entire deck. It masters all. So that's what the humility is. So in so many words, you have to trick the ego to keep letting you go. So give me an example. Um, back in 08, back in 98, I, I produced my dark side lectures and started explaining all this stuff based on the dark side. Right. Now, I became famous with it, but I could have used it as a theology and said, that's what I'm an expert at, and that's all I'm going to do. Right. And I would have got stuck. Hell, I'm talking about fucking archangels now. In the relationship. So you never get stuck. You never turn anything into a theology. And that is the reason why most of these systems that people initiate in, they're never going to work. Because they are only a fragment of something. And ultimately the ego can latch on to that. So in so many words, the soul sends this particular information so it can get to know itself, so it can remember who it is. You see what I'm saying? But the ego is there for distraction. But the soul is all there really is. And it's an entire maze between the soul and you. And, and you. And so what you have to ultimately do is to surrender and give up and say, I don't exist. So what I had to do is I had to get rid of Bobby Hemmings. Right. You see, and all that was dear to me. You see, that way you can eliminate the possibility of the ego latching on. Bobby Hinnon ain't around now for the ego to latch on. You see what I'm saying? I ain't got no goddamn scruples. <laughs> None. No scruples whatsoever. You see what I'm saying? Right. You know. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian African of Kemet and his and her culture laced with gold laced with silver and precious stone the point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture a rich past <laughs> into your mind, body, and soul.
This is a homage beat. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacies, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that. And you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you, you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said, that says, Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know, I just know, I, I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial roots and, and my perennial roots. <laughs> remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get back. And then the ones that my generation used was, how's it going, man? I made it. I made it. Now that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look this is where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it. But I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country and culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through was the theme of survival for the captured Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little technique. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. <laughs> it became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was developing in this, quote, foreign land, unquote. How to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome 
I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean. And my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside and he saw that brand new mink, silver, gray, and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh, Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. I said, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold, most of the silver, most of the diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land. A land flowing with milk and honey that God's so-called chosen were sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you've got to do what? Believe it! Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet, and his and her culture laced with gold laced with silver and precious stone the point i'm making is that you're from a rich culture a rich past it's back here the idea to be rich to be prosperous to be well to do okay the illusion of poverty is just that it is an illusion in this teaching, that would indicate, yes, law, meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law, which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle, we are in a high dispensation that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back something. Surely God is able. Say that. Surely God is able. Say it again. Surely God is able. The third time. Surely God is able. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way surely God in me is able say it again spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity it includes mental prosperity it doesn't exclude anything the masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating spirituality they didn't need to harness and stack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe, nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. 
That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. It is not having a large bank account. Because the bank owner might go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness, that's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! See it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. There's no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical, good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know, you know it is. It, it, much as I dislike eight hours a day, <laughs> it's practical and it's significant and it gives a, a sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. See, you've got it set there. And, you, and then I will say, I see my and then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead of somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. What are you passionate about? What is it that you really love with all your feelings? Can you transfer that to money? Yes, you can. 
if you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, but not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word, spoken words. And we need to control that faculty. Huh? Because we take words and throw them like daggers, and they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see is what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I got saw this Rolls Royce carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also, when you see people with good, always say also, and when you pass those sign homes, sign cars, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. Say it again. See, bless it, bless them, and say, that's for me. See? That means that you include yourself in that idea of good. Listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Melodies are 
near a butcher shop collecting the little bones that fall down from the butcher that is the rubbish of the bones he said woman what are you doing she said I'm collecting this for my daughters he said why she tell him we don't have money and my daughters did not eat meat since two years this is the only meat that they can eat the man talked to the butcher this sister will come to you every 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 week and you shall give her what is enough for her and for her daughters and I will pay you the money for one year so that you can be guaranteed to give her for one year the woman started making dua for him oh Allah give him health oh Allah give him what he please for oh Allah give him all wishes he's to come true all this dua come from the deep of the heart the man after that went to his house his daughter told him my father your face change your face is open your face is much change he said alhamdulillah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the operation easy in Germany he traveled to Germany the doctor do the final checkup before the operation the doctor asked him which hospital did you go to he tell him I never go to a hospital he tell him no you have taken a strong medicine that open all your heart veins your heart veins is so much open you don't need an operation you don't need a surgery anymore he tell him I know what it is the curer is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one who have cured me is him and the one who have cured me because I look for another poor person and I help them You're listening to the new Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. A lot of money out of your music? Money. I mean, what is, how, much is, how much is a lot of money to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have, have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? What do you mean rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions, a lot of oh. money in the bank. Well, you shall make you rich. I know I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life forever. Particular uh, uh, rituals that you can do. You want to do these particular rituals? Let me give you a good one to show you how, some things that we can do to help ourselves in our lives. My queen, that moved from Washington D.C. to Maryland area to Atlanta, Georgia, on the 15th of March of 2004. First thing she did was, first thing she did was, she would come in and take all the bills and get a, uh, 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 some type of tablet like this. You know, a little tablet like this. You know, notebook. And she would write all the bills, write out each one of the bills and put paid by each one. Put paid by each bill. And lo and behold, that's been going on four years now. The four years this 
March or March the 15th, and those bills have been met. Just by the magic, by, by, by doing this each month, a magical aspect. So you want to do certain things like this each month. And give you some other rituals. Um, there's one, one real good one that you can do. Um, whereas if you have a person that just won't leave you alone, a person that harasses you, but not on a hostile level, just a person that's annoying. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of people like We got a lot of friends like that. What you want to do is get a, a plastic cup. A plastic cup. And you want to take something that looks like a business card. You can take an index card and cut it off and write that person's name on it. And then write, chill out. On that, on that card. But you want to get it with a permanent marker or something that's permanent because you don't want it to fade. Because what you're going to do is you're going to take that plastic cup and you're going to fill it up with water and you're going to put that that index card or that piece of paper down in... Um, so you want a, a card, you don't want nothing to, to dissolve so fast before it freezes. So you want to put that thing in the water that says chill out. And you want to put it in the water and you want to put it in the freezer. And that person will chill out. That person will actually leave you alone. Then there's the other magical trick that I've been doing, telling people for years, is if a person is a little more hostile, what you want to do is you want to um, take some brown, a brown bottle, a brown beer bottle, a brown root beer bottle. I say root beer bottle because you can find the root beer bottles that's brown and they don't have... Um, they don't have any paper on it, but it, what you can still do is find a brown beer bottle and soak the paper and soak, uh, soak it in some water so the paper come off. And you want to pour, not no decaf, but liquid coffee. The stronger the better. As long as it's not decaf, liquid coffee in that brown bottle. Then you want to take a brown piece of paper bag and tear it off and write on that brown piece of paper bag um, that person's name. And you can even say cease and desist or stop bothering you. Or you can, it could be a restraint. Re restrain this person from coming around you. And if you put that, you, you, you can put that name in the brown bottles and put the cap on it. And set it up in your closet somewhere. Set it up somewhere that's out of the reach of traffic, out of the reach of people. And these things work. Um, um, these these things work real good. Another thing you can do is you can you can take a you can go to a a botanica or whatever and try to find you a little brown a little round thing that looks like a little wall. It looks like a um, an acorn or something like that, but it's a wall. It's a, it's a buckeye. You want to get you a buckeye, and you want to take it. Now this is for money. You want to take the buckeye and wrap that buckeye in a dollar bill. Wrap that buckeye in a dollar bill. So you take the dollar bill and you take the buckeye and you fold and you wrap the, the, the dollar bill around the buckeye. You can put a little piece of scotch tape on it so it can stay. And 
you want to get you a little small little plastic bag, you know the ones that they sell them now, you can get them at the drugstore or whatever, it used to be the little nickel bag type thing, or you can get something, and you want to put that buckeye in that, in that plastic bag with that dollar bill, and you want to wear it on your person, you want to wear it, you put it in your pocketbook, or put it in your pants pocket, or whatever, and that will bring money to you. That will bring money to you. Another way to bring money with to you is to spend money. Not spend money frivolously, but never hesitate to spend money on things that you need. If you need it, don't cut corners. And never hesitate to spend money on, on people that you care about to go out to restaurants and just live it up for a time because it's currency. So it flows. You see what I'm saying? But when you hard money, you see what I'm saying? The money will repel. Another thing is, they say, if you follow knowledge, money will run, run to you. If you follow money, money will run from you. You see? Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. First uh, thing that you must realize, okay, guys, is that when you're commanding, it's not really asking. See, that's the key first key point I want you to get, that you don't really ask. It's the trick is you have to command. Now, command gets misinterpreted a lot. Command gets the wrong version of maybe you're forcing, you're demanding. Not quite correct. When I mean command, your subconscious mind takes instructions, okay, and suggestions. That's what I mean by command. Command means once it gets to the subconscious, there's no rational, logical, okay, or structural, basically, connotation or trying to figure out what it is. It doesn't work that way. Goes to the subconscious, subconscious accepts it, and then puts it out into the universe to create it. That's how it works. Remember, from the conscious mind, you give a command. Once it gets to your subconscious, it's a wrap. It's going to create it, all right? So that's the first key. So the words and the language we use, we have to know the quality to use them to communicate to your subconscious so you can get towards the universe, okay? Second point. The reason a lot of us don't receive or manifest what we truly want is because we are speaking the wrong language. We, we do not know how to talk or how to communicate with what we want. First of all, we communicate in a state of need, lack, or desperation. Okay? So I see individuals say, Hey, universe, can you please send me some money? No, that's wrong. Okay? That signifies lack, desperation, and scarcity. Remember, your subconscious mind takes commands. I'm going to show you right now four powerful affirmations that you can use right now and you can bring the universe, or you can say God the universe, to create and bring money to you. And it works the same day, one day, a couple hours, if you do it this way, all right? So I got a cue card here and I wrote them down, so I want you to make sure you go over and get them, all right? All right, so the first powerful affirmation you'll use, you'll say in this way, and I'll go over each uh, statement so we can get a comprehension and understand how it works, all right? So, number one, you will say, Hey, universe, 
I expect great things to happen in my life, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you. See that statement? Notice what I did, okay? I acknowledge, okay? I expect great things. Remember, key component, all things come through you, through us, okay? So notice that I didn't beg, didn't plead. I stated an affirmation or I stated an intention, a proclamation that is what I expect, okay? Number two, you can say this. Either one is fine. Hey, universe, I deserve everything that is good, including an extra $500 now. Thank you. Now, $500 is an example, guys. You say 1000 5000 10000 a million, 500000 depending on your belief system, okay? Number three, hey, universe, I know you're sending me all that is right for me, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you, okay? Each of these statements are filled with a proclamation, a command, and they ended with gratitude, and they're also in the form of I accept it and it's coming, okay? It's not a need or desperate, okay? It's not an ask, it's a command. Hey, universe, I deeply believed everything is possible for me, including receiving an extra $500 now. Thank you. Again, notice how I phrase this, okay? I put everything as a command, a suggestion, okay? It's not, I didn't put it in a, in a frame of, man, I need this, or I gotta have it. I put it in a frame of, hey, I'm good with, without it, but I expect it to come in. And notice I put everything in the present moment of now, okay? I always put now, notice it, okay? So if you start to use these affirmations and you proclaim them, as I said, guess what? You're gonna, money's gonna come to you, man. It's still you manifest it, all right? Because the way the universe works, the way reality works, is that everything operates on a vibratory frequency, okay? The universe is abundant, it's infinite. It always supplies. The supply is always over the demand. You can never outdo it, it can never run out. So all you have to do is match the infinite frequency and this command or these uh, statements will do that because they put your subconscious mind in alignment with what you truly expect, which is abundance is your birthright. See, you're proclaiming, you're declaring. Hey, I expect, okay? See what you do with the money. So a thousand, five thousand. See the reaction in your face, the happiness, the things you do with the money. Just put a quick snapshot and then what you do, you let it go. Just continue on with your day and keep your thoughts in the present moment. Boom, you're gonna manifest the money. It'll come to you, all right? So that's how you make it work. So you declare it, put a quick snapshot in it, and you use these statements in the form of a command or a suggestion or proclamation when you put them in the present moment. You know, happiness is a dimension of our own nature. Happiness, from a spiritual point of view, is not based on conditions or circumstances. Innately, we're happy beings. We're spiritual beings. So that means that happiness and joy are already built within. And as we're growing spiritually, we are removing filters from seeing or feeling the happiness that's already there. When we're somewhat blocked, happiness is conditioned. We say, well, I got a new car, therefore I'm happy. Or this person didn't call me back, therefore I'm unhappy. And so it's conditioned-based. But as we mature spiritually and we begin to touch into our real nature and being, 
we notice that we're happy, regardless of what's going on. Something bad happens, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. Uh, someone doesn't call us back, some plan doesn't work out, we don't like it, but the happiness is still there. So that's a sign of spiritual maturity. So can we define happiness as the way to transform every emotion and transform it in, to feel something great? Yes, you, you can uh, basically, you, you discover your happiness when you're able to see that in every circumstance there is possibility, there's potential, and there's an energy behind it pushing you to a greater expression of, of, of who and what you really are. People become frustrated and unhappy if they feel there's no way out, if they feel that every road is blocked. But in reality, with a capital R, there's no such world. No world like that exists. We're surrounded by infinite possibilities. And so with a shift of perception and attitude, you begin to see those possibilities. And those possibilities uh, invite us uh, to activate potential within us. Uh, the gifts and talents within us that are latent, the possibilities invite us to activate, to discover and activate those, those possibilities. So again, then happiness would be us uh, becoming more ourselves. That would be a very blissful state. You see? So it doesn't deny that bad things happen in the world. It doesn't deny that people die. People die on us. You know, people leave. Jobs change. It doesn't deny that. But when we come to an understanding that even with all the changes that are going on, in the phenomenal world, there's still something about us that's permanent. There's something about us that's forever. And that part of us that's forever is spiritual, which means it never, it never began and it will never end. And as we become more and more identified with that, identified not just in, with a belief system, but identified that with some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of focus, some kind of intention, then our life takes on a whole different, a whole different vibration how we can overcome the fear of rejection. Rejection is paying too much attention. The fear of rejection is paying too much attention to what other people are thinking about you and other, what other people are thinking about what you're thinking about. And people live in that kind of a bubble. I wonder if that person likes me. I wonder if this person appreciates me. And those are, uh, that's the wrong mode of being in the world. You have to think about what the universe and the universe thinks you're important. The, the, whatever name you want to use, you can say the universe, you can say the cosmos, you can say God, whatever. What, what, is, what does the universe think of you? And because you were created, you have meaning, you are important, you're worthy, you're worthwhile, because you weren't made accidentally. You weren't just accidentally made. Uh, nature didn't just come together and accidentally make you. You know, uh, there was a perfect idea behind you with, complete potential and possibility uh, to be activated. So you have to begin to think about, we all have to begin to think about, how does the universe think about me? Not how does that person over there think about me? Not how those group of people over there think about me. That's a waste of my time. Then I start to people please. I start to do things to make them like me, and, and, which may take away from my mission, may take away from my authenticity. It may take away from making my powers because I'm thinking about what they're thinking about. And they're thinking about what I'm thinking about. Everybody's thinking about what other people are thinking about what they're thinking about. <laughs> no. And what difference do you, do you see between 
pay attention to others. Yes. And learn from feedback of others. Yeah. Yeah. You can learn from feedback from others. I'm not overly concerned about what others are thinking about me because I'm, I'm living my passion and my purpose and my intention. And then life gives me feedback. If, if I'm being stubborn in some area, then, then, then there'll be some feedback from either life itself or from people. If, if I'm being arrogant, you'll get the feedback. If you're being wishy-washy, you get the feedback. So you learn how to pay attention. And, you know, as you, as you mature and become more comfortable with yourself, you're able to take criticism. And what happens is uh, you start paying, uh, you start seeing what, what, what they're called the two imposters, criticism and praise. There are people that praise you and people that criticize you. But after a while, you don't really care about either one of them. They're called imposters. And so if somebody's criticizing you and saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, shut up, whatever, <laughs> you, 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 you don't care. It's like, thank you for your feedback, you know. <laughs> and if somebody says, oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you, 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 you're the best, you say, thank you, for your, thank you for your feedback. You start treating both the same because you're not trying to get something from the people. You're giving a gift to the people. You're getting your information and your energy directly from the life force you see you're getting fed by life life is giving you information and you're sharing it and if people don't want it and they say ah it's a bunch of baloney thank you i won't give it to you you know and if somebody says i want it thank you here it is but after a while praise and criticism you don't really care because you're you're, you're becoming so in tune inside of yourself it's like, it's like if you are a mathematician and you know that 10 plus 10 is 20, you know it, it's not an opinion, you know it, and you stand in front of a group and you start to do your math and somebody says, I don't believe that, what are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, thank you. You know, you know 10 plus 10 is 20, you say, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> They're giving you feedback where you need to grow because when you get out here as a public figure, people talk about you. If you do really good, they talk about you more. You do really, really good, they talk about you really, really more. It, it yeah. goes with scale. And yeah. then you learn this. Um, mediocrity attacks excellence all the time. And so if you're seeking to live a, an excellent life, those who are, have agreement with mediocrity, they attack you because you're making them uncomfortable. They want to stay small, so they attack people who are trying to do big things. Let's talk about the law of attraction. According to you, how we can use the law of attraction? Well, the, the basic, first start with the basics. The basic law is what you chronically think about is what you bring about in your experience. A thought is a unit of mental energy. Energy can never be created or destroyed. Energy just keeps changing itself into higher or lower expressions. So if you're constantly thinking negative, you know, uh, Life is hard and, and then you die. There's not enough good jobs around. Uh, there's no... Decrease crisis. Yeah, there's everything is working. Then you, your, your body temple gets that message. The cells of your, of your body begin to hear that. It starts to produce, produce toxic chemicals. Your immune system starts to become unhinged, starts to be, be impaired. Your thinking starts to go down because of the toxic chemicals. And you start to bring about what you're thinking about. You become sick, uh, not as much energy, so therefore your opportunities are depleted, uh, your energy is down, critical thinking goes down, and then 
you start to bring about that negativity that you're describing. But you change it around and you begin to say, you know, I'm surrounded by opportunities. Life is good. Everything is working together for my good. I, 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 I'm surrounded by infinite opportunities. Uh, prosperity is right here. And then what happens, when you start to say that, your mood is lifted. Tonic chemicals and endorphins start to go through the body, starts to amplify your immune system. Your thinking becomes more clearer. You start to see life differently. Opportunities, you start to see opportunities that you couldn't see before. Possibilities open up that you didn't even know about because your attitude has changed. And what looks like the law of attraction is simply you lifting your vibration so that you can see the potential that's here. And then we call it the law of attraction, but what it really is, I call it the law of, the law of radiation, the law of emergence. Because what you're doing is allowing that which is within you to come out and, and to radiate and to emerge and to express. And then in the physical form, good things happen. And it looks like it's a, you're attracting it. But what's really happening is you're radiating it. And what you're radiating is becoming visible. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. If white immigrants can come to this country 50 years ago with nickels and dimes and no education and come here and pool their little nickels and dimes and no education and set up little stores, develop these stores into larger stores, develop this into an industry which creates job opportunities for whites. Since Lincoln was supposed to have freed the black man a hundred years ago, and today the black man, according to the government economist, has spending power of $20 billion per year. We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position to point the finger today at the white man and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him for not giving him a job in factories that he has he himself set up. If the black man has $20 billion, and these so-called Negro leaders are such geniuses that they can integrate white restaurants and integrate white factories and integrate, force themselves into that which the white man has set up, they should use this same ingenuity to show the black people how to pool our wealth and set up something of our own. And then we won't have to force our way into his anymore. One more thing I would like to point out concerning what he said about 125th Street. We don't waste our time on 125th Street, but you can reach more people in the street who want to change than you can in the bourgeoisie society, the bourgeoisie church, and the bourgeoisie circles. We, our program is directed toward the man in the street. So we spend our time in the street, and what we do with that man, instead of trying to change the white man in your mind, make, up, make you accept us, we change the mind of the black man and make him accept himself. And as soon as he accepts himself, He'll solve his own problem. He won't be trying to force himself into your factory and into your bedroom and into your kitchen.
tell you man. how I feel right now man. I don't wanna take no time to write this down I don't wanna tell you how I feel right now Hey, tomorrow may never come For you or me, life is not a problem Tomorrow may never show up For you and me, this life is not a problem
They are not law. They are what they say they are. They are ordinances and they are resolutions. All right? And the reason they are not law is because the only people who can issue law are people who are acting in their sovereign capacity. And the people who sit in these seats as elected officials are not, in fact, in their sovereign capacity. They are in a corporate ward status, meaning that they are wards of the state. They are members of the corporation, which is a nonprofit, that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as long as they have a birth certificate on record with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, with that birth certificate being a contract, a birth certificate is a contract, and as long as you have a contract with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, you belong to them, and that's what slavery really is, right? So who can use law? If you are a member of a corporate ward state, if you are a member of a corporate ward nation that calls itself the United States of America, you are a citizen. Look in the law dictionary and look up the definition of citizen. A citizen is not a sovereign. A resident is not a sovereign. Therefore, if you use an address, which is a fictitious number associated with a designation issued by a corporate ward, right, then you become under the jurisdiction of those people who are also corporate wards but who are also slaveholders, all right? So if you are operating in that capacity, law does not apply to you. If you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, and you say you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, then the ordinances and the resolutions of that private, nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, then the statutes of that nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, then the code of the laws, right, apply to you. But if you are a sovereign of the Moorish Empire, those ordinances, those resolutions, those codes, those statutes do not apply to you because you are not a member of the corporate ward state. It's as simple as that. And they understand the difference. This is why on their documents they use words of art. They use the word label. They use the word person. They use the word address. All of these things that place you in their jurisdiction and you unknowingly fill out forms every day and every time you fill out a form, you enter into a contract. I don't care what kind of form it is. It's a contract. A driver's license application is a contract. A social security application is a contract. When you call up the telephone company and you make a verbal contract over the telephone, this is why they can bill you. When you sign a deed, it is a contract. When you fill out a voter registration form, it is a contract. Does everybody understand that? Don't ever think. Every, anything that you put your signature on becomes a contract. All right? Now, the fact that you are not in your sovereign status means that you make a contract as a minor. 
They don't care. They know you are a minor because and, and to be other than a minor, you have to be in your proper person at law. And how we write that is this. Can you bear with me for a minute and let me put this on because uh, I can't. Can y'all see that? Impropria persona. Impropria persona. When you are in your corporate ward status, you look like this to the court. Pro se. Pro se meaning they get you in the court and they bring someone in called a Got that? Pro se cuter. A prosecutor because you're in a corporate board status. Now, if you're in proper persona, say in their criminal allegations, the prosecutor cannot come into the courtroom and say anything to you because you're not in pro se status. Makes sense, right? The issues of law, the issues of law are threefold. The issues of law are status, jurisdiction, and adjudication. The first thing that happens when you walk into a courtroom in your corporate ward status is that they already make the assumption that you are a ward of the state and that you don't know any better. So they immediately start adjudicating you. As the first thing that happens when we walk into a courtroom is that we place our status on the record. On the record. We come in with our flag. We come in with our treaty, we come in with the Constitution we signed with them, and understanding that the Constitution is a contract. It's You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. One of the things about the law business, the legal industry, is some of the most important things about law are actually so simple that they're easy to overlook. And there are only about four very simple truths. And if you know and understand these truths, you will be empowered to win. Here's the first great secret. Where does the court get its jurisdiction? We have a two-tiered court system. There are the Supreme Courts and their tribunals. There are courts of inferior jurisdiction. When we're talking about Supreme Courts, like the United States Supreme Court and the Oklahoma Supreme Court, where do they get their jurisdiction? They get their jurisdiction because of who they are. But what about these courts of inferior jurisdiction? Where do they get, where do they get their authority? The courts of inferior jurisdiction are empowered to act 
by pleadings sufficient to invoke their judicial authority. Which means that the people, the people, not the attorneys, the people that walk into that court empower that person in the black robe to be a judge. Listen closely to what this guy just said. It is earth-shaking and game-changing. It puts the ball in your hands. What is he saying exactly? An injured human being has to show up in court and testify under oath that they have been injured, period. Prosecuting attorneys testify like they are the injured party, and they are not the injured party. They don't get to testify because they are not the ones injured, but they do it all the time because no one puts them in their place. Trinzi versus Pegliaro states statements of counsel in brief or in argument are not sufficient for summary judgment. If the judge doesn't like it, it's too bad. The Supreme Court, this is a Supreme Court ruling, and basically what it's saying is to the lawyer, shut up and sit down. You don't get to testify. Jurisdiction has four corners on it. It's a four-legged table. And if you take away one of those legs, it's not a court anymore. You win when you know how to invoke the court's jurisdiction when you empower that judge to make the decision that you want that judge to make. That's the second great secret is... The Constitution, state constitutions, statutes, laws, rules, what meaning do they have as you read them in their black and white print? They don't really mean anything except a hint, a suggestion of what the law is. Well, we have a common law system. The Supreme Court tells you what that means. To find out what the law is, we have to find out what the Supreme Courts have said that that particular law means. Now, that's the second great secret. We have a means of finding out what the law is. It's written down. Where do we find the common law? It's the federal and state annotated statutes. Because, again, that's a secret. They don't want you to know that. If you can read the annotated statutes, now you know what the law is. The state annotated statutes. Those annotated statutes are going to tell me what the law is. But they're going to publish the holding. They're going to tell you the essence of that decision. And that essence of that decision, out of that case, is that one paragraph, that one sentence, or maybe just that one phrase that you need to win, and, and that's all you need. Trinity versus Pagliaro is one of the most important cases that has ever been decided by the United States Supreme Court. But Trinity versus Pagliaro is absolutely earth-shaking. The holding of Trinity versus Pagliaro, statements of counsel, in brief or argument are not sufficient for a summary judgment. Take it to heart. Memorize it. Get a tattoo that says it. Because that is one of the most important principles on law.
in law. And that is one of the most powerful things that you will ever learn and have to use. That's according to the United States Supreme Court. But that one fourth thing that has probably been missing 50 million times in this country when we got shafted in the court was a competent witness. Where's the competent witness? That's the fourth leg on that table. That table doesn't have four legs. That court did not have jurisdiction, period. You've got to have somebody at some point in time before the judgment raise their hand and testify under oath and subject to cross-examination or it's nonsense. If the other side uh, supports their pleadings with an affidavit, which they rarely do, but if they do, you subpoena that witness because you want to question them under oath. And the idea that is the kernel of truth in Trenzi versus Pagliaro is a thread that runs through everything. Criminal, simile, runs through everything. Administrative, it's, it's got to be there. It's got to be there. How do I know? Here is a very good statement. And again, this is from an annotated statute. Actual facts, not mere allegations of complaint, are determinative of issue of jurisdiction. Isn't that what I just said? If there's no witness, there's no facts. If there's no facts, there's no what? No jurisdiction. It's not what I think. I think it, but it's not true because I think it. It's true because it's the law. It's the law because the Supreme Court says yes. Yes, you've got to have a competent witness to have that fourth leg on that table or there's no jurisdiction. So you get into a courtroom, you're sitting in court, and the prosecuting attorney uh, stands up and he says, uh, Mr. Johnson was caught urinating on the next-door neighbor's pet. You stand up and you say, if you're Mr. Johnson, you stand up and you say, I object, Your Honor. Trinzi versus Pagliaro, statements of counsel in brief or in argument are not sufficient for summary judgment. See, the lawyer wasn't there. He doesn't know. He didn't see you piss on the, piss on the neighbor's dog. He don't know what he's talking about. It's all hearsay. So you stand up and you object, and you do this three times, and then the third time, if the judge doesn't catch on, you take exception to it, and then later on in the, in the course of the legal proceedings, uh, you bring it back to that, and it'll get tossed out. There's no doubt about it. It's a slam-dunk case. This isn't my opinion. This is Supreme Court rulings. This is the most powerful thing you could ever think of. And here's the thing. It does not matter what you are in court for. It doesn't matter if you're in a criminal court. It doesn't matter if you're in a uh, civil court. It doesn't matter if you're getting sued for money or if you're getting sued for murder or if you're getting sued. It doesn't matter what it's for. You have to have a competent witness stand up and testify and say you injured him. The lawyer doesn't get to do it. 
In another case, a lawyer might get up and say, uh, Mr. Flintstone stole 72 cases of paper clips. And he's just reading from his paper there. That's when you stand up and you say, Objection, Your Honor. Statements of counsel and brief for an argument are not sufficient for, drum, for summary judgment. It's that freaking simple. The guy's got to sit down. He does not get to get up there and talk negatively about you. He don't know you. He doesn't get up there and get to say what an evil person you are because he has no first-hand knowledge. You can read it out of the... He's like he's reading it out of the daily newspaper. He's just, he's an idiot. And it's your job, if you want your freedom, to stand up to him and say, I object, and stake Trinzi versus uh, Pegliaro. It's that simple, folks. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. And Cheyenne and Pushamir, would you state your name for the record, please? Your attribute for the record, please. Cheyenne uh, Matilda Pushamir L. on behalf of America's Empire Aboriginal Law. All right. I want to ask you a couple of questions, please. Um, the first question I want to ask you is, are you employed? Uh, objection, ma'am. This hearing is supposed to be about jurisdiction. This court has no jurisdiction. The court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction for a basic issue in any case before a tribunal. Well, if I have no jurisdiction to determine my own jurisdiction, how are you going to get that issue resolved? Listen, this this case in this courtroom is a culpable, incompetent court of jurisdiction. You can't, according to federal case law, you can't set another hearing to reach and determine your own jurisdiction. As I've stated for the record plenty of times, I'm only having threat to rest and coercion and because the prosecution falsely holds my property and I'm here to clarify that matter. Other than that, I'm here under threat to rest and coercion. It is completely against federal case law. It has power to act and the court must have the authority to decide that question in the first instance. That's Rescue Army versus Municipal Court of Los Angeles. A departure by a court from the recognized and established requirements of law, however close apparent adherence to mere form and method of procedure, which has the effect of depriving one of a constitutional right, is an excess of jurisdiction. May you have I, the flag may, right behind you, ma'am. May I interrupt you for a moment, uh, You please? may not, ma'am. Then would you, would you, when you're done speaking, would you let me know so that I can ask a question? I'm, I'm, I'm not obligated to answer any questions, so I have no intentions of answering any question. Well, I'll ask it anyway, and then I'll ask it anyway, and you can decide what you want to say. Uh, thus, where the tribunal has no jurisdiction of the subject matter on which it assumes to act, its proceedings are absolutely void in the fullest sense of the term, Dillon versus Dillon. Uh, courts enforcing mere statutes, as it is to my understanding, that this is a statute, not a constitutional violation of law. In fact, one of the hearings I had with you, you said people are not charged with constitutional violations. I don't understand how you could be enforcing statutes and you have to constitute the U.S. flag behind you, as if you don't say you hadn't taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. Courts enforcing their statutes do not act judicially, but merely ministerially. Thus, no judicial immunity, and unlike courts of law, do not obtain jurisdiction by service of process, nor even arrest and compel the parents. Boswell versus Otis. I've been here three or four times on the threat to arrest and coercion. Prosecution doesn't even have Otis in front of him. He has no objections. He has nothing to say. He cannot prove jurisdiction. This court should have been dismissed this case. This is a colorable court of incompetent jurisdiction. The fact that petitioner was released on a promise to appear before a magistrate, for an arraignment, that fact and circumstance 
to be considered in determining whether the first instance there was a probable cause for the arrest. Monroe versus Popper. There's no discretion to ignore the lack of jurisdiction. Court must prove on rec all the record, all jurisdiction facts related to the jurisdiction asserted. A universal principle, as old as the law, is that proceedings of a court without jurisdiction are a nullity and its judgment there without effect either on person or property. This case has already been put before the federal court and you will be receiving a notice of removal very shortly. This court has no jurisdiction. Prosecution can't prove jurisdiction. This case uh, shall be dismissed and it will. Did you file a notice of removal with the federal court? Yes, you will be receiving it shortly. Alright. Um, when I receive it, I will rule on it. This is my question to you, however. Are you employed? I'm not employed. I'm not employed with any uh, 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 corporations uh, incorporated with the state of New Jersey. Are you, are you employed with any corporation that's incorporated outside of the state? Objection. I'm not, I'm not here to answer questions about uh, my employment. Uh, I, last time I was made aware of this was supposed to be about whether this court has jurisdiction, and clearly it doesn't. Uh, a question about employment has nothing to do with whether this court has jurisdiction, so I'm not obligated to answer those questions. Now, I shall not be answering any anymore those questions that are not pertaining to jurisdictional facts. Well, this is my question to you. I asked it before. If, you, if your position is that this court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction... Objection, man. That is not my ruling. That is not my holding. I've, I've given you the federal case law regarding such. Maybe you can take some time out that you need to do to, uh, to recheck that, but that's what the case law says, not what I said. Well, I do have jurisdiction over you. Number one, you're here in my courtroom. Objection, ma'am. You do not have jurisdiction over me. I'm here by way of threat, duress, and coercion. The federal case law stipulates already that compelled uh, appearance and arrest warrants doesn't give uh, uh, a minister acting ministerially and not judicially enforcing their statute's jurisdiction. That's in incorrect and false. You do not have jurisdiction because I'm here. You've told me before when I was here that you would lock me up if I didn't come, which was threat to rescue coercion. I think that you misstate what I told you. Objection, ma'am. I have not misstated. I have the videos. I have it on repeat 24-7. I've seen you say I don't recall that I said I would lock you up. Oh, well, objection, ma'am. That's on the record. Well, you can object all that you want, sir. And I will continue to have a difference of opinion about that. All right. Well, we'll continue with today's proceedings, then. And I certainly appreciate the courtesy that you extend to me. All right, Mr. Uh, Walker, I know that you're here. Yes. you wish to be heard, sir? Your Honor, I have uh, Kevin Walker appearing on behalf of the Office of the Public Defender. Uh, we did uh, receive, after the last uh, hearing, a court order directing the Office of the Public Defender to uh, represent uh, this uh, defendant did file a motion for reconsideration, noting that uh, there has been no indigency uh, determination, which is uh, an essential component of uh, our appointment. So I would ask uh, respectfully that uh, an indigency determination be made uh, at this time, and absent that earlier order represent this defendant be vacated. All right, thank you. Do you wish to be heard on the issue, Mr. Luciano? I don't, Judge. All right. I have inquired of Cheyenne Mutata Kushimurel concerning his employment. He tells me he is not employed in the state of New Jersey by any corporation, and therefore I determine that he does not have the present ability to pay for counsel to proceed in this matter. Objection, ma'am. Uh, I, don't, I don't know this gentleman. Uh, I haven't made any contracts with the public defender's office. 
Uh, I don't know what that was an attempt to do, but he does not have the authority to speak for me. Uh, so I would appreciate it if any uh, non-identified parties are uh, determining to act on my behalf. First, fill out an IRS Form 56 and notify the IRS that they're acting in some sort of fiduciary capacity. Let's talk about the issue of, uh, Mr. Walker, I want to talk about the issue of jurisdiction. One of the issues that has been raised in this case and has been raised over and over again that really needs to be determined before we can proceed with it is with regard to jurisdiction. I have received, it was filed with the court, it was received in my chambers on January 7th. I'm not exactly sure if it was filed downstairs on a different day something that has been entitled a non-negotiable affidavit of fact to dismiss with prejudice for lack of personum jurisdiction, lack of discovery, and lack of an injured party. It purports to raise the issue before the court of lack of jurisdiction with regard to um, Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. Uh, despite what Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. says, this is not an application to the court to uh, dismiss anything with anything. There are certain ways, as you are aware, Mr. Walker, to bring issues before the court. Um, what we need to do is have the issue brought before the court properly by way of a notice of motion. I don't even know if Mr. Luciano got a copy of this, but certainly you know that any motion filed has to be served on the prosecutor. How much time does your office need in order to do that? And did you receive a copy of this? I have not received a copy of that, and uh, before I address that issue, I would respectfully request that uh, you inquire into this defendant's assets to see whether he has the present ability to retain private counsel. He tells me he isn't employed in, uh, by Objection. a corporation, so... Objection. This is obscene. Sir, I do this not is a conversation that I'm having with Mr. Walker, not with you. This is, this and the way you didn't want me man. to interrupt you, I would like you not to interrupt me or Mr. Walker. Objection. This man cannot speak for me, man. I haven't filled out any public defender's applications nor contracts to agree to that. You cannot force me against my consent to have someone who has I have no formal contract or agreement with to uh, speak on my behalf. I'm a natural flesh and blood man. I don't what? have to have yes, ma'am. Oh. I do not have to have uh, an attorney at law a colorable attorney at law, de facto attorney at law, uh, propose or purport to speak for me in any, in any, in any regards to these uh, matters at hand. March 23rd, sufficient time, Mr. Walker? I think so, Judge. All right. Then this matter shall be in hereby is continued until Monday, March 23rd at 9 o'clock. Objection, man. Uh, the notice of removal is already in. You will be receiving it today. So if I receive it before March 23rd at 9 a.m., I am aware of my obligations when a matter has been removed to federal court. If for some reason the federal court does not accept it or it's not properly filed or there's something else, that's the next day for this proceeding. Objection, Thank man. I will not be participating in any more of these proceedings. Do what you want. I'm sorry, I can do that. This is the only notice that I will give you of the proceeding on March 23rd at 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't send out letters reminding people. We'll simply expect that you will be here. Thank Judge you very much. will be contacted by uh, my office and we'll arrange uh, an interview with him in the office and he'll have to uh, sign in. Do you have his address? 
It's on here. The address I have is the PO box. It's right here. Objection. If you attempt to contact me and negotiate any contracts with me, you will be getting sued in federal court too as well, sir. Thank you very much. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. When I'm dipping on the ground, I get my money quick. But sometimes I wanna lay up with my money. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What up? 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 Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I know I'm late, but I don't give a damn. I'm here. So what's happening? How y'all doing tonight? And hope we find you well. Call the number 347-989-0194. If you want to call in and holler at me, press 1. I'm going to go through this information tonight, and then I'm about to here. Um, so tonight is part two. We're talking about, you know, how to use your trust in court. Um, tonight I want to touch on the topic of injuries to your personal property, right? And it's very relevant with what's going on right now, especially with, you know, uh, people of color with the police and Black Lives Matter and all that shit that's going on, all right? And I want to talk about property specifically because I believe that if we can continue to understand that everything that you do is a contract, then you understand that these people have contracts. Uh, they have contracts with you. And, you know, contracts are what allow them to do what they do. Right. Now, I've seen a lot of people out here protesting. And, you know, I did the show last week, how to protest with a pen. And I want y'all to remember that not everybody is going to be on the front lines outside, right? Screaming, talking about we want justice now. Right? And I support you if you do, you know, but that's not my fight. That's not that's not what my fight starts at. Um, and I strongly believe that yours shouldn't either if you're smart, right? And a man who's truly about peace, real peace, and real prosperity and uh, real growth deals with the shit where it started, which is with a pen and a piece of paper. Um, But when you're in trust, one of the things that you got to remember about being in trust is that trust is about property. Trust is about what they call res, right? And I'll just give y'all a working definition here, as I always do. Okay, because anytime you're dealing with property in a trust, right, and we're talking about res, that's the property in which the trust can sit, right? Um, there's a fiduciary relationship that's there. Right? One party holds legal title, and another party, right, is the beneficiary, or they're the benefit of the party who holds the equitable title for that person. So, an entity resulting from the establishment of a relationship, right? And if you know anything about trust, especially express trust, it deals with the relationship of a contract, right? Um, it deals with uh, the expression of 
you know, either what your rights are, what your property rights are, what your property is, you know, how to keep people from trespassing on your shit, and things of that nature. Okay, so the aspect that I'm going to approach this from is from an aspect of trust tonight, um, but more so from an aspect of contracts and property law, right? Now, I'm going to pull up another definition here, just a second. Now, this word, and this is a really important word to remember, but the word deals with uh, civilians, right? And what you see people out there protesting, they're civilians. And this deals with the word civilians, which means civilly dead, right? And, And it deals with entities in the law, right, in the view of the law that are dead. Um, the condition of one who has lost his or her civil rights and capacities and is accounted for as being dead in law. Now, I'm going to give you another definition here. Okay. And the word is disenfranchised, right? Now, disenfranchisement means to deprive one of his or her right to vote, right, or to be considered uh, as a civilian, if you will, okay, things of that nature. Right. Just a second, we'll make, make sure my headphones are good. If you're in the chat, you can hear me. Just give me a thumbs up or something. Let me know that you can hear me good. I'm coming through loud and clear. Okay. But the word disenfranchise implies a franchise, right? It, it, it means... Uh, you know, some type of immunity that's been deprived from you. Now, what most of y'all fail to understand, and, and I don't know why this is, but your right to vote, right, is the very disenfranchisement that happened through the 14th Amendment. Um, your, your right to choose, your right to, to have a political say in things, right? So people always say, well, get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. And then you go vote for the president. And then what happens? You turn around and the person you voted for, the majority vote, wasn't the person that everybody chose. Right? And then you sit back wondering, well, what the hell happened? Right? So disenfranchisement, which is, you know, it's a very big thing. Right? And if you read the, uh, the letter from uh, Bill Pitchfork, Bill Tillman, He tells you in the letter, he says that we disenfranchise the blacks with the 13th and the 14th Amendment, right? And it took them up until about 1890 or so to fully disenfranchise you, okay? So the disenfranchisement of people of color is really what we're talking about here, right? The fact that you are considered civilly dead in law. Now, because there is a trust relationship in the United States, and the United States operates off trust relationships, right? It means that you are considered trust res under the 14th Amendment. Now, you say to yourself, well, I'm not property, I'm not a number, but I bet 
different because the United States considers you to be property, uh, three-fifths human being, okay? Because three-fifths human being means that you're a piece of property, and it means that you belong to someone other than yourself. Your body is not yours. And they show you this every day, that they beat somebody's ass uh, during a traffic stop, right? So disenfranchisement, um, the, the, the inherent right to protect yourself, right? all of that's been stripped from you. Uh, your personal property, the injury to your personal property, right? Being able to go back and really sue the police, right? The the true way, right? Or even sue the government. All that has been stripped from you. And why do you think that that is, right? I mean, this is, you know, I mean, if we having a straightforward conversation here, we have to really address the problem. So the real problem is that, you know, even in trust, if you're not in your own trust, you're in someone else's trust. Okay. So I want to really go into this tonight, and I want to hit home on this. And I want this to be um, a, a topic that you can really dive into with your peoples, right, outside of this particular conversation. Because the reality of it is, is that you are chattel, chattel property, right? And when there's some type of trespass on your chattel, you need to know how to address the issue, right? In a competent jurisdiction. And like I talked about last week, equity jurisdiction is very different from a civil jurisdiction. So, yeah, shout out to y'all in the chat. All right, so equity jurisdiction is very different than a civil jurisdiction. Excuse me. So, uh, what we're going to go into first is the law of contracts. And I want y'all to really understand what, what is a contract, right? And how do contracts work? Well, according to the law, right, contract is an agreement between private parties creating mutual obligations which are enforceable by law. So the basic elements required for the agreement to be legally enforceable are mutual mutual assent, meaning that you agree, okay, expressed by a valid offer and acceptance. So think about your driver's license, right? You agree to have a driver's license, they offer it to you, you accept the shit. Now there's a contract that's been created, okay? Uh, adequate consideration, okay? Legality, right? And in some states, element of consideration can be satisfied by a valid substitute. So some possible remedies for breach of contract include your general damage, right, consequential damages, reliance damages, specific performance, okay? They include your right to uh, restitution, right, your right to replevin, which we'll go over in a bit, okay, and things of that nature. So anytime that you damage the law, right, you have to remember that because they consider you to be severe to a more tooth, which is dead in law. Most times, you're not um, the person who has access to these particular remedies. So contracts are promises that the law will enforce. 
right? A contract law is generally governed by the state common law, right? And I want you all to understand that the law in the United States and every state is governed by the Constitution, right, of that state. And then before that, you have your treaties, okay? And then above that, you have God's law, right? So these particular contracts, right, that you enter yourself into, your straw man, uh, the Sestakay Trust, right? Um, these are all done in a jurisdiction of civil jurisdiction, right? And this is why civil rights really technically are dead rights, and there's technically no rights at all. Now, if you go back to the Civil Rights Act of 1866, right, it protected pretty much most of your rights when it came down to property. Okay? Now, a general overall contract law is common throughout the country, but some specific court interpretations of a particular element of the contract varies depending on from which state that you live in. So if a promise is breached, the law provides remedies to the harmed party, often in the form of uh, monetary damages, right, or in limited circumstances, or in the form of specific performance, right? And we talked about specific performance last week. So contracts arise when a duty comes into existence because a promise made by one of the parties, right, to be legally binding as a contract. So I want you to think of your express trust as the ultimate contract, right? And I've said it before, you know, there's some things that your contract can't get you out of, like um, being fraudulent, right, doing fraudulent shit. It can't get you out of being dishonorable, Okay. Uh, your trust is not going to get you out of damaging somebody's property. It's not going to get you out of hurting somebody or killing another individual. Those those things, I'm sorry, not even a trust can protect you from. So you need to operate with clean hands and good faith, right, in all of your interactions. Okay, now, they have a definition here for what they call bad faith. So I'm going to read it to y'all. Okay? Bad faith. Is the, is the fraudulent deception of another person, the intentional or malicious refusal to perform some duty or contractual obligation. So bad faith is not the same as prior judgment or negligence. Okay? So a person can make an honest mistake, right, about how one's rights and duties are to be carried out. But when the right of someone else is intentionally or maliciously infringed upon, the conduct demonstrates bad faith. Right? Now, let me just put it in perspective for y'all. Right? When you steal somebody's shit, right? You acting in bad faith. When you bootleg a nigga's shit, that's bad faith. Right? It's malicious. I hope y'all really get this, right? Because, and I'm talking... To people of color, right? Because for some reason, we tend to be the ones who like to bootleg and steal niggas' intellectual property when every single one of y'all got the ability to go out and create your own shit. Okay? So, bad faith 
okay, as they say, right? That's malicious intent. It's negligence. So the existence of bad faith can minimize or nullify any claims that a person alleges in a lawsuit. So when you're in court, you're operating with your trust, right, and you want to sue somebody, they're going to look at whether or not you operated in good faith or in bad faith. So don't think that they won't look at you as well as the person who created uh, the suit, right? So bad faith is, a con- uh, you know, it's a, it's a commonly used term in court, right? They deal with contracts, shit of that nature, commercial paper, and this is why I mentioned chattel, okay? Because any trespass of your personal property is considered chattel, okay? Now, a government official who, like your police officers, right, who selectively enforce non-discriminatory law against the members of a particular group or race are violating what they call your civil rights, right? And then then they say, oh, you're acting in bad faith. But how many of y'all ever have done a suit for human rights violations, right? Because, you know, bad faith extends past civil rights. So while we protesting for civil rights, you should be protesting for human rights. Okay. So this takes me back to contract law, right? Because contracts arise when a duty comes into existence because of a promise made by one of the parties. So to be legally binding as a contract, a promise must be exchanged for adequate consideration. Right? And that, that word consideration is a strong word, and it's a word that you need to keep at the forefront of your vocabulary when it comes down to dealing with this information. So there are two different theories of consideration, right? You have what's called the bargain theory of consideration and the benefit-detriment theory of consideration. So the benefit-detriment theory is an adequate consideration which, which exists only when a promise made to the benefit of the promisor or the detriment of the promisee. So which reasonably and fairly induces the promise to make or promise for something else for the promisee. Right? So for example, uh, promises that are purely gifts are not considered enforceable because the personal satisfaction the grantor of the promise may receive from the act of generosity is normally not considered sufficient. So if I give you a gift, right, you can't turn around, right, and sue me. Or let me put it like this. If I give you a gift, okay, I can't turn around and sue you because you didn't give me a gift back. Understand? Then you have the bargain for exchange theory. Okay, and this deals with adequate consideration, which exists when a promisor makes a promise in return for something else. So... Uh, I'm going to sell you a car, and you're going to turn around and give me $1,000 for the car. It's an exchange. It's equal exchange, right? So in other words, the bargain for exchange theory is different from detriment benefit theory. Okay? In the focus that the bargain for exchange theory seems to be that the party's motive for making the promises and the party's subjective mutual assent while in detriment benefit theory, the focus seems to be objective legal detriment, right, or benefit to the parties. So when we're talking about your trust, you're talking about contract law. You're talking about the difference between bargain theory 
in detriment theory. This is the reason why if your trustee fucks up, you can turn around and sue his ass or her ass. You can sue them. Okay. Now, contracts are mainly governed by state, statutory, and common uh, common law, right? But then they also are governed by private law, which are private agreements. Okay. Now, private law principally includes the terms of the agreement between the parties who are exchanging promises, and the private law may override many of the rules otherwise established by state law. So this is the reason why you want to do things in a trust. Because they do shit in the trust, and their trust deals with codes, ordinances, statutes, and things of that nature, right? So depending upon how you're moving will determine what type of contract law you're under, which will determine what type of jurisdiction that you're under, okay, which will determine um, how equitable of a remedy that you get. Okay. So most of the principles of the common law of contracts are outlined in the restatement of the of the law, okay. And they call this the American Law Institute, which is also your uh, your law revision council, right? Niggas that make the law, right? And then you have the UCC, right? And the UCC deals with commercial law, right? And then you have private law, which you know, that falls under your constitution, those fall under your treaties. Ultimately, they fall under uh, your trust law, depending on what type of trust you're under. Okay? And then they fall back eventually to go back even to the law of God, depending upon who and what you are. Okay? So, I go back to this thing of shadow paper, right? And you know, chattel property. And you have to ask yourself, well, what is chattel, right? And chattel refers to uh, an alternative for personal property, basically, right? Yeah, uh, chattel mortgages, chattel slaves, chattel homes, chattel people. I ain't talking about cows either, right? So chattel. Now, what is trespass to chattel? Because this is really where we're going tonight. And this is really important when we're talking about suing somebody in a court of law of a competent jurisdiction, especially in trust, because a lot of people want to know, well, they violated my injunction. How do I sue them? Right? Well, first of all, first of all, that injunction doesn't deal specifically with your property. Does it deal with your, your trust property, your trust res? Right? Who is the one that issued the injunction? See, trespass to cattle is what we call tort. So then we start dealing with tort law all over again, right? And tort is whereby the infringing party has intentionally or negligently interfered with another person's lawful possession of cattle, or they call it movable personal property. Okay? It's movable. So this is why you're considered chattel, because you can move around. Okay. So the interference can be any physical contact with the chattel in a quantifiable way or dispossession of the chattel, right? Whether by taking it, destroying it, or bar or barring the owner's access to it. You understand? So as opposed to the greater wrong of conversion trespass, the chattel is argued to be uh actionable per se. 
Okay. So basically, what they're telling you is that uh, anytime that somebody trespasses on your chattel, right, it can be a dispossession. It can be the destroying of property. So when your boy uh, George Floyd died, right, if, if he's even dead, okay, when, when, when they did that, they were showing you that they can destroy chattel like that at the drop of a dime. Right, so the origin of the concept comes from the original writ of trespass, what they call de bonus as portatus, and I'll say it again: it's de bonus as portatus, which means the writ of trespass. Right, so as in most other forms of trespass, the remedy can only be obtained once it is proven that there was a direct interference, regardless of damage being done, and the infringing party has failed to disprove either negligence. Or intent. Okay. Now, in some common law countries, such as the United States, a remedy for trespass to chattel can only be obtained if the direct interference was sufficiently substantial to the amount to dispossession. Why do you think we tell you to put a lien on yourself? Right? Because they damaged your property and there was a price for damaging that property. Right? It's like if you come damage my shit, there's, there's a price on it. I'm coming for you. Right? Now, and, you know, and it's, this shit always drives me crazy, right? Because there's a lot of niggas out here that use this information for the wrong things. If you're one of those people, well, guess what? The universe got something for you. Right? This information is for the astute. Right? It's for true students. Right? This information is for people who are really honorable and people who can really govern themselves accordingly. Don't think the government gonna let you just run amok with trust. They know who you are. They they, they know who everybody is. Don't think they don't. You can use El Bay all you want to, nigga. They know who you are. Okay? They know who you are. They know how you move. This is why it's always imperative to do things of the utmost sincerity and honorability. You got to be honorable when you when you're operating out here. All right. Now, in common law countries, right, such as the United States, the remedy for trespass to chattel. Can only be obtained in the direct interference, right, of the property, such as uh, they take your car or they take your kids, right. This is what they call dispossession in law, right. So, in the United States, right, the restatement of torts under two seventeen, right, it's a law. It defines trespass to chattel as intentionally dispossessing another of the chattel or using an intermeddling with the chattel in possession of another. So harm to personal property or diminution of its quality, condition, or value as a result of the defendant's use can also result in liability, which means your ass can be liable, which means that um, if you put somebody on proper notice, of your property, right? 
They can also be liable. And now, let, let me also say this. Having a mere trust in itself, right? And this is in law. Having a mere trust establishes the fact that you had an intention. Even if you don't do a UCC, right, which I'm not advocating, but even if you don't, the mere intention that you establish a trust says that you had the intention to protect your property. You understand? Okay. And I, like I said, I'll, I'll keep going in on this as long as I need to until we really get it. Okay. Now, we're going to take a very quick break because um, I just need to readjust my headphones here. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into this personal property and how it applies in court. All right? You see right here on the bottom line on the New Evolution Radio Network. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back.
Okay, okay, we back. Now, we're talking about injuries to personal property, right? So, and if you look at the tort law, when it comes down to, to torts and things like dispossession and the possessor and possessor's rights and things of that nature, right? We got to deal with chattel. So, um, when you trespass against somebody's chattel or their property, right? You're subject to liability. And those liabilities, um, you know, they have some some limits to them. And so here's a couple of them, right? Um, and, and they call it the possessor's liability. So this can only happen if, A, the person is dispossessed of the chattel, right? So let's just say that, you know, you don't properly, and I know a lot of y'all want to, Hurry up and get to the bag. Let me get to the bag. Let me get to the bag. I want to, you know, I want to use my birth certificate and get to the bag, right? But yet you don't understand the law. So you don't understand that your ass can be sued for trying to get to the bag, right? Because you're dispossessing these people of their property, right? So there's one. The second one is the title is impaired as to the condition of it, right? The quality of it, the value, right? So if my car is my chattel, and you dispossess my, you know, me of my vehicle, right? And you say you fuck up my rims or something like that, right? You could have messed up the quality. What if you go to a, a protest or something, right? And you get hurt because I've seen a few people get hurt in protests recently, right? What's the value on your body if you get hurt, right? The next one is is the possessor is deprived of the use of the chattel for a substantial time. Okay. Then the next one is bodily harm. Once again, right? Bodily harm is caused to the possessor, or harm is caused to some person or thing in which the possessor has legally protected his or her interest. This is why trust is so important, right? This is why it's so important to understand what happens when your property has been trespassed against, right? So the trespass to chattel causes of action frequently are asserted, right? In courts of equity Okay So Let's just talk about a few things here And then we'll go to the call line For the sake of our time Right But Number one Destruction of chattel And they call it Torturous destruction Right And this is the measure of damage For the torturous destruction of chattel Right And the value of the property At the time of the destruction Less the salvage, right? So with interest computed from the time of valuation, right? And just like I told y'all, this also deals with what they call loss of use. So because it is assumed that the injured party will immediately replace the destroyed chattel, the general rule denies recovery of loss for use, right? So instead, the court will award uh, interest, right, at the time of valuation. And I want y'all to go look at uh, Executive Jet Aviation versus United States. Uh, court case 507, uh, F2D 508-6th Circuit, 1974. Okay. All right. Then you have what they call the cost of replacement, right? So additional losses approximately caused by the destruction, such as cost in procuring the replacement, Right. How much would it cost to replace your body? Or are you irreplaceable? So you place your value so high 
as to where you fuck around and link some shit up. So the, the basic measure of damages, right, for torts against chattel property is calculated as follows. The value of the property at the time of the destruction, the salvage value, right, and the interest from the time of the valuation. Okay, now some courts, depending on the court, will also add in uh, incurred to procure um, what it would cost to replace something, right? And if the chattel cannot immediately be replaced, then they'll give you damages for the loss of use. This is why equity court is so important to trust law, which is so important to all of the shit that people are protesting about right now, right? I mean, you know, Black Lives Matter, but in a sense of the civil law, they don't matter. You know, why do you think black people can get killed so easily by the police and the family sues and, and either they don't get shit or they get uh, less than a million dollars? I mean, some niggas get more than that for life insurance. Huh? So a question may arise as to what is the market value of the chattel. And you know, I've always seen niggas go into um, uh, uh, what is that website? Um, oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, you know, the site where you can go look at your birth certificate and see how much it's worth and all that, right? So what you're looking at is the market value, right? The fair market value, the retail price, the wholesale price. You're looking at what niggas are trading on your very body for, right? Then you've got to deal with valuation, right? And, and valuation always deals with destroyed chattel, right, at the time of destruction. Right? Now, I keep saying chattel because I want you to understand that your straw man is considered chattel. Could be nothing else, right? It doesn't technically exist other than on paper. So it's a piece of property, right? And you didn't create it. They did. Okay. Then you deal with what they call reproduction costs, right? How much would it cost to reproduce this particular piece of chattel, right? And then we go back to what I was telling you about earlier, right, which is diminution of value, right, which is the diminution test, which defines uh, fair market value on a particular asset, right? And we don't even have to just deal with your body. Let's deal with mortgages, right? You know, deal with deal with things that affect your everyday life, right? When they come and seize your shit, right? I mean, these are all important things. Okay? Then we go back, like I told you earlier, the loss of use. And if you want a, uh, an idea for what loss of use is, go look at Camarzara versus Believer Buick. Right? It's a case from 1987. Okay. See, chattel is a really important thing. Um, but when, when you're dealing with equity, you have certain remedies of equity that's not available to you in civil, like a replevin, right? And so the legal remedy of replevin enables the plaintiff to obtain a judgment for the return of the chattel. Right? And this is a writ. And this writ directs the sheriff 
take from the defendant and return it to the plaintiff. So when they come and they take your car or your house, shit like that, right? You can do a writ, right? You can do a replevin. You heard niggas talk about replevin bonds and shit like that, right? So the common law form of action known as replevin evolved as a remedy for unlawful distress of chattel. It had a particular characteristic of entitling the plaintiff to the restoration of the chattel at the commencement of the action, after which the property, right, of the of the distraintant was litigated. So the word replevin may have different connotations, right? Uh, one of them could be the underlying action to recover possession. The other one can be prejudgment procedures to obtain possession, right? The second connotation is sometimes called prejudgment replevin, right? And this has evolved into a statutory provisional remedy uh, named claim and delivery, which includes the cases where the chattel was lawfully obtained but wrongfully detained. Okay? So we're only uh, what they call detune, right? We lie at common law. So prejudgment replevins are designed to aid the plaintiff, but a suit to recover the chattel may be prosecuted to judgment regardless of whether prejudgment possession of the chattel is obtained or not. Okay? Then, of course, you got to deal with the constitutionality of it, right? So the traditional method of a prejudgment replevin resulted in the seizure of property from a defendant without a hearing, right? And this is unconstitutional. This is like uh, when they come in and snatch people's kids out the home, right? And they snatch your kids up, right? That's unconstitutional. Why? Because your kids are your property, right? So this procedure was held unconstitutional in Puente versus Chevy, 407 U.S. 67, 1972, right? on the grounds that procedural due process requires a judicial hearing to determine the plaintiff's right to possession before seizure of the defendant's property. You understand? So they can't just come in and take your shit. You got to have a judicial hearing, right? But you want it to ideally be in a court of equity, right? In the right type of court. Okay? Now, I'm going to um, move over here because I just want to go over a couple quick things here and then we'll hit the call lines, right? So, Trespass to chattel and conversion are two separate intentional torts, right? And both of these torts will protect your personal property from a wrongful interference, right? Somebody comes into your shit, right? Now, I'm going to go over a couple things here. Um, And let's see if I can pull them up here, right? So, equitable interest, right? And an equitable interest is something that's an interest that's held by virtue of an equitable title, right? A title that indicates some type of beneficial interest in property, aka the beneficial owner, right? And this gives the holder the right to acquire formal legal title or claimed on equitable grounds such as the interest held by a trust beneficiary. You understand? So when you're using that social security card, you're a beneficiary of the social security trust. Every time you use the social, so you're under their trust code, which means they can come and deal with you however they choose to, 
if you don't properly move the chattel or you try to go steal somebody else's chattel. This is why I stopped fucking with a lot of different things early on because I saw people was trying to steal other people's property. You don't do that type of shit. It's fucked up. It's wrong. You should be fucking ashamed if you even try to do some shit like that. But a nigga asked me, man, well, show me how to go into the bank, man, and, and you know, and, and get them to pull down treasury notes and shit for me. Why the fuck would I do that? So, so you so you can be dishonorable and steal from the government? I don't want no problems with the people, and you shouldn't either. Right? The equitable interest is a right in equity. It's a right. Right? And it can be protected with equitable remedies. But it can't be protected when you're doing fucked up shit. I'm sorry. I just got to put that out there, right? So not all interferences with personal property is torturous, though, right? So um, trespass, right, to chattel must be actual damage to the property, significant deprivation of use, deprivation of your rights, right? So unlike trespass to land, which awards nominal damages for a technical trespass, minor intermeddling of personal property is not necessarily torturous. Okay? But then conversion, conversion exists only when the damage or other interference with personal property is sufficiently serious enough to justify the forced sale to the defendant. You understand what I'm saying? So the defendant is liable for the entire market value of the chattel and not simply a smaller repair or a rental cost. They could get liable for all of that shit. That's, that's equity. That's real equity law. right? So consequently, conversion requires more serious interference with the chattel than might satisfy the minimal threshold for trespass to chattel. Right? So adequate interference with property to constitute conversion does not preclude, however, liability under trespass to chattel. Okay? Now, let's let's go over a couple of things here, right? What's the definition of trespass to chattel? Like what's the bottom definition of this, right? So trespass to chattel is considered the interference with the right of possession of personal property. If you interfere with my right to possess my personal property or somebody interferes with your right to possess personal property, i.e. another individual, the police, or anybody else, right, that is a true suit in equity. That is a true civil rights violation. Right? So the defendant's acts must intentionally be the damage of the chattel. They must deprive the possessor of its use for substantial periods of time or totally dispose the chattel from the victim. Right? So let's just say that, you know, you're on some bullshit and you, you try to take somebody's uh somebody's chattel, right? You try to get to to their birth certificate or something like that unknowingly, right? Well guess what? That person is a victim. So then you enter into the realm of what I talked about earlier, which is bad faith. See, trespass to chattel does not require that the defendant act in bad faith or intend to interfere with the rights of others. But it is sufficient that the actor 
intends to damage or possess a chattel, which in fact is properly possessed by another. So you can't come and damage my shit, nigga. Right? You can't do that. Now, in the case of Ransom versus Kittner, this defendant killed the plaintiff's dog, right? But argued that the dog had a striking resemblance to a wolf. So the defendant could have legally, you know, hunted a wolf. The court held good faith was not a, de- a defense. So the defendant intended to kill the particular animal. The requisite intent is satisfied. And even a reasonable mistake as to identify uh, the identity or the ownership, right? Unless wrongfully induced by the victim, cannot exonerate the defendant from his or her liability. So the motherfucker that killed the dog is still liable. Right? So you can't put somebody's uh, social on your shit or um, get a birth certificate in, in your shit and then turn around and be like, well, I didn't, I didn't mean to do it. It was a mistake. No, nigga, you did it. It's not a mistake. Right, so ransom, or excuse me, ransom, right? The ransom case, ransom versus Kitner, right? Um, this case applies both to trespass to chattel and conversion. So in such instances, once the defendant merely intends to act upon chattel, the concept of intent approaches strict liability. So you got some liabilities, my brothers or my sisters. Okay. So, unlike trespass to land, trivial interference with another person's personal chattel is not actionable in tort. So, if A knows that B does not want anyone touching his automobile, but A touches it anyways, there is no trespass to chattel in the absence of actual damage to the automobile. While it could be argued that tort should vindicate any intentional interference with personal property, the prevailing law does not allow such recovery as would be granted for similar interferences with real property. You understand? Just personal property and real property are two different things. Now, the private possessor of the use of his chattel also constitutes trespass to chattel, but provided that there is significant deprivation. Okay? So, for example, a without privileges uses B's suitcase for one week. The conduct can constitute trespass to chattel. But by contrast, an unauthorized one minute use of the luggage would ordinarily not constitute the tort unless the one minute was critical since there was no measurable deprivation. So you got to really deprive me of my shit. Right? Now, trespass to chattel also exists. And what they call tort feeser, right? So if the tort feeser totally disposes the victim of his chattel as by stealing it or otherwise wrongfully asserting dominion and control over the property, it's called trespass, right? So this particular dispossession is sufficient, and it's sufficient interference to constitute the tort, even if the chattel is quickly recovered from the perpetrator. Why y'all think I keep... I keep going in on the fact that y'all cannot do inequitable shit. Right? Uh, this information is not for people who want to be fucking scandalous, man. And if you wanted them people, man, be the fuck from around me. Right? I don't even really want you listening to this shit. I, mean, I can't control that. But 
listen, I'm just gonna tell you like this. You know, this information, you know, it it has a mind of its own. <laughs> you know, and and the gods don't look too kindly on on motherfuckers who you know who who misuse equitable interest. Okay. All right. So with that being said, um, I'm just going to give y'all a last few couple points here, right? So when it comes down to you know property and interference, right? Damage of interference, right? Um, there's six factors, right, in determining the seriousness of interference, right? Uh, the first factor is the extent and the duration of the actor's exercise of dominion or control over that person's shit, okay? Uh, the second one is the actor's intent to assert a right, in fact, inconsistent with the other's right of control, okay? The third one is the actor's good faith. Did you or did you not act in good faith? Clean hands, Right? The fourth one is the extent and the duration of the resulting interference with the other person's right of control, right? You, you can't interfere, and, you know, this goes right back to the Constitution, goes back to your treaties, right? You can't hurt other people. You can't interfere with somebody else's right to freedom and liberty and life in the pursuit of happiness. You can't do that. And if you do, you're a devil. The fifth one is the harm done to the child. How much harm did you do to that particular uh, piece of property, personal or real? Okay. And the sixth one is the inconvenience and the expense that you caused that person. All right? It's like all these niggas out here that steal our intellectual property and then turn around and resell it. Right? Nigga, technically, that's an inconvenience. You're costing me, you're costing my family, you're costing me livelihood. Okay? That's what it comes down to. So what's the moral of the story here? When you're dealing with uh, your trust in court, it's to be equitable. Do things in good faith. Do things honorably. Operate in a capacity that nobody's going to question how you move. Okay. All right, three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four. Call the number if you want to get in and holler at me. This is the time. Uh, we're not going to go into overtime tonight, so if you want to get in, press one. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Peace of God. Dear Lord, as we down here Fucking struggle for as long as we know, in search of a paradise in the sunny day. Dreams are dreams. And reality seems to be the only place to go. The only place for us. I know. Trying to make the best of bad situations. Seems to be my life story. Ain't no glory in pain. A soldier's story in vain. And can't nobody live this life for me. It's a ride, y'all. A long, hard ride. Somebody break me, I'm dreaming. I started as a seed. Demon, swimming upstream, landed in the womb while screaming on the top was my pops. My mama screaming, stop from a single drop. This is what they got, not to disrespect my people, but my papa was a loser. Only plan he had for mama was the fucker and abuser. Even as a little seed, I could see his plan for me. Stranded on welfare, another broken family. Now what was out of beat? The product of the seed passion, mama got pregnant. And papa got a piece of ass, look how it began. The 
nobody gave a fuck about me Pistol in my hand This cruel world could do without me I cannot survive Got me asking white Jesus Will a nigga live or die? Cause the Lord can't see us in the deep Dark clouds of the project Ain't no sunshine No sunny days And we only play sometimes With everybody sleeping I open my window Jump to the streets And get to creeping I can live or die Hope I get some money Phone gone I'm only 19 And I'm trying to hustle on my own On this block where everybody And they cops trying to slang rock Rather go to college But this is where the game stops Don't get it wrong Cause it's always home From dust to dawn You can buy a rock block So a heron bone You can ask my man He's a mild He's Keep my nine All the time it's how we grind, meet up at the cemetery, then get smoked out. Pass the weed, nigga. Now Hennessy will keep it cheap. Everywhere I go, niggas holla at me. Keep it real cheap. And my reply to they kill me. Act up if you feel me. I was born not to make it, but I did. The tribulations of a ghetto kid still I ride. Always running your bricks with blicks Do your project always Dumping crews like twos Nigga all day secrets of war Prepare me for the worst A life that's lavish Full of cabbage All life that's in the hearse But now my dreams it seems so We play some triple beans and things bro Time and piggy ring Got the loop popping out my train To keep my Glock cock in trouble Was searching for me Then why not Show when I made up Plus ways don't know my blood Chance land with me He turned to the street Start snatching bands We out come out We'll make a casual Buzzing fans It'll make me mad I'm just like My homie on the corner with it's get tough, eh, just as they fuck us up The life he lead, the life he don't need Don't we all know, he trying to rise up and reach his goal Don't still he rise lost hope, I hit the strip broke Where the beans get cold, and still I rise Now I float, cowards go Whenever we come around, I'm running down Clutching the pound, lava a siren stuck in the sound I used to hustle with my mom till the sun came My homie I'm doing time from the drug game Stolen cars, war scars, born an outlaw Behind bars, go to sleep just to see the stars Freedom is ours, so we trapped on a burnt block Crack kids, only ten learn to duck And now you six, my rock, my plastic passion for plastic bags No faces for open casting, peeling your cat backwards Your cowards ain't prepared for pistol practice I send my missiles through your mattress Leaving holes in your body like a cactus By me and my crew be bopping more greens the topic And who's to keep the scenes in my motherfucking jeans popping Leaving your spleen to pick up Half of you niggas is softer than a sticker Let's go to war and sleep real quicker and still I rock, and still I rock. And still I rock, and still I rock. We back, we back right here on the New Evolution Radio Network on the bottom line, Sunday. Uh, go to makemorecommerce.com. You want to get with me, set up a consultation. If you want to get any products, go become a member on the site so we can help you out in the private. All right, let's go to 347 He's speaking at Patois or some Haitian or something. 313-590, what up? Three one three five nine zero. You on the line? All right. Three one four two eight zero. You on the line? Peace to the gods. What's up, bro? Peace, Peace to the gods. God. How you doing? 
How you doing, my brother? Man, that was that was that was very profound, and you know the information. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah, you, brother. yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. You, 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 you spit it, and 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 and, and you know, with all I've been through, you know, with my family, you know, and everything, brother. You, 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 you on point, you know. And 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 the thing about it is, only thing a person has to do is look up the the law that you have presented. And study it for themselves and make it a part right. of them. That's make right. it a part. Make it a part. Make it a part of you because we're in a spiritual war. This is a spiritual yes, war. Yes, we are. And you, yes, and you, are. you, you given it, and 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 you have to study it for yourself in order to present it the way that your spirit. And you need to present it. And I think yeah, you, you know what's interesting is that not everybody's spirit gonna resonate with this. You know, you got to be a certain type of spirit to even resonate with this info. You know what I'm saying? You are you are exactly right. But you know, last time we was communicating, you know, it's it's our cosmic energy, and we have a footprint that we said when we came in this universe what we was gonna do. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. And, That's true. And, and, and this is the this is the reality of everybody protesting. They don't understand what they said that they was going to do when they came into the world. They I had agree to, with that. They yeah, to, they had you to contract. go back. Right. They had to. They had to unlock that dormancy in them in order to understand. In their mind, in their subconscious mind. Yes, yes, everything's mm-hmm. about a contract. You're very right. You're very yes. right. You got a contract with the Most yes. High to come here. Yeah. You know, they, they always say yes. that you, you, you sat with a council of elders before you got here and decided your life path and who you was going to deal with and how things was going to flow. And it's really up to you to follow that path and be righteous when you're here, you know? And a lot of people get. Uh, straight off their path, they get led astray. Hood, yeah, we're, <laughs> we 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 we've been led astray, you know. But like the sister was saying, you know, either you're gonna, you can't be double-minded. Either you're gonna, you no, gonna, you gonna, you gotta get out of that double-minded, you know. And that's the thing that has kept us into this situation that we're in right now we've been double-minded so we have to we have to we have to go into ourselves take this information that you're presenting the law and free ourselves it's 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 simple but a person has to study you have to study i've been studying with you joey and, and all the information that you presented, I go and I I, I I I go over and over again, and I look it up myself, you know, and and, and it becomes should. a part of me. It has to become a part of you. It has to be your life. As you should. Yep. Exactly. It has exactly. To be your it does life. have to be your life. 
Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you can't, I, I, and you can't, I, I respect what you you're saying because it does have to become a part of your spirit. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't. Either you gonna, you either like the sister say, either you gonna, you gonna deal with truth or you gonna deal with falsehood. You have yeah. to deal with truth. You have to. You're gonna be in the garden of Eden, and you're gonna be in heaven, or you are you gonna be out here doing. Whatever you want to do, it's, it's well, you know the know what evidence they say. is right here on earth. You know they say you tell the truth, you shame the devil. You know. So, yeah, but you, we, yeah. we 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 we've been conditioned, we've been conditioned wrong, and we got to reprogram ourselves to deal with, you know, with truth, with this information that you, you know. You don't want to take it. This trust is ours from our ancestors, but you don't want to take it and manipulate and do the same shit that colonialism been doing. You want to take if it you and lying. build, all right, a hundred years ahead for for the for it's it's about it's about the babies. It's not about trying to get back at somebody or. They did me wrong and they owe me no. Don't nobody don't nobody owe you nothing. It's about exactly. what your footprint said that when you came into this universe. You right. you gotta That's go right. back and understand what you said that you was gonna do when you came in this universe. And you giving them you giving them the path and I, I really I, I I hope they they don't take it, you know, and, and do something negative and put us, you know, put yourself in a worse situation than you are right now because that's what's going to happen. Everything's about cause well, you know and effect. Marte, I'm going to tell you like this. This is what's interesting about this info, right, is that this information comes from the creator, right? Equity is it, it, literally equity comes from the creator. Right, the Creator gave you equity on this planet, right? Free right. will. So, so right. the way I look at it is that if you decide, if you're a person who listens to this shit, and then you decide to go out and be torturous and do the wrong thing and and defame other people, then you're only going to get inequitable results. You know, you're only going to yeah. get the worst of this shit, not the best of. It's the worst. The worst. I mean, like ten times. You know, you, 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 you know, because you're giving them love. And if a person takes it and uses it the wrong way, brother, hey, look, it can't be told in words. Exactly. They, hey, they in for a rude awakening. A oh, rude yeah. I awakening. Agree. I agree with you. Yeah, it's, a, it's about, it's about. It's, it's about the generation to generation. See, it's, you know, it's not about us. It's about the babies. It's about 100 years ahead. See, we got to mm-hmm. think 100 yep. years ahead. Yep. We don't think 100 bricks, years man. ahead. Yeah, all we doing is laying bricks. And, you know, funny thing is, That's all. You know, we, we would wake up in 100 years, you know, and we would take, we would take our government back. When enough of us learned how to how how to actually perfect and create government, right? And you know, I mean, you know, this government, 
you know, you say what you want to say, you know, but they still have to follow equity rules, right? Even the, the current government power. So, you know, if we ever want to be at a position where we can run our own government and shit like that, man, we have to learn equity. We have to learn the rules of the game, as they say. We have to learn it. We have to learn it. Yeah. We have to learn it. Yeah. And the babies, look, the babies coming here, you know, they, 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 that, that technology, they got it. They ain't about doing no, no labor. They, 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 they're using their <laughs> mind. They're using their conscience. All right. Yeah. We That's just got to, weird. we have to take that other stuff out of their conscious mind. And, 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 and develop their subconscious mind where they would leave that Facebook and all that stuff alone. See, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's that's the reality of it. But they well, come that's here. one of the reasons why I play. You know, that's one of the reasons why with this show, you know, people say, "Well, why do you come in an hour late?" Because I'm 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 conditioning the subconscious mind to receive this information. It's very important. It's yeah, very it's important. Highly, I got my grandbabies. It, it, it's very important, you know, and we have to, you know, we have to think about the babies and leave ourselves out of it. It's not about us anymore. It's about them. It's about them. And, and, and if, if you don't have the compassion in your heart and you want to blame somebody instead of blaming yourself, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, because, listen, nobody puts you in the position to succeed but yourself, you know, and, and, and nobody puts you in the, in the position to be detrimental but yourself. That's why we all got choices, you know. Yeah, and but so you're I, giving I the information. The power of choice and information for that matter. But you giving the information where a person can look in a mirror and look at themselves and study and, and elevate their frequency. Everything in the universe is about frequency and energy. We're cosmic energy people. Regardless of what I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Vietnam veteran. I don't even look, brother. If it wasn't for y'all, man, look, I ain't no telling what was going on in my mind set. But I no have reconditioned and retrained myself and work with my family and work with my loved ones. I appreciate off that. I, can, I, think, I think we all energy. can. Off of your energy. Off of your energy, God. Off of your energy. They like, Dad, I say, hey, this how this how this how I go down. All right? And I let them <laughs> listen to this for themselves and then we talk about it. See, this is a conversation right. for your family to listen to and talk about. You know? Yes it is. This, this, yes this, it is. You know, people you so know? busy watching the news, listening to CNN. You know, I was I always said the revolution won't be televised, it'll be on the radio. Right. You know? Yeah, the revolution won't be televised. And, 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 hey, do, and, do me a favor, Marte. Is, yes, sir. Because be, 
because I, you know, for the sake of our time, but before we go to another okay. caller, man, um, give us a beat, bro. Yes, sir. I will, my brother. I'm going to say one love. Thank you for your love and compassion, my brother. Thank you, God. I appreciate that. All right, God. I'm gonna pause the music for you. Go ahead. I, I, I know. I know you got. I know you got your drum handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna. You wanna hear a beat? Yeah, give us a beat. I got you. Uh oh, he got dropped. They. They didn't want that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Peace to the gods. 316 308. What up? 316 308. You on the line? Peace to the God. What's good, brother Joy? There we go. Peace to the God. What's going on, bro? Welcome to the show. Man, you know, I'm doing wonderful, magnificent, and great. I'm so happy and thankful that large sums of money come to me quickly and easily always. Me too. You know, big large. Put that out in the ether. Yeah, big, big, huge, large sums, enormous, gigantic, Gig- gigantic. There you go, ginormous. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that's right, that's well, right. There good. you go. Uh, so I want, I, I wanted to get their thought on something, man. I was, uh, the ancestors was leading me somewhere this morning, right? Uh, and so I, and so I went and I did some investigating, and I came across some information that was pretty interesting. So I was looking in the register of these, right? And I realized that when people are doing, like, these mortgages and whatnot, you know, like buying properties mm-hmm. or whatever, right, with the bank as mm-hmm. a lender, mm-hmm. I was noticing that when the bank were filing a paperwork, the bank would do a statutory warranty deed where it looked like they mm-hmm. were taking That's a right. legal title from the one entity to the next entity for a dollar, and then they would place the mortgage yeah. in there as their equity title. Am I yeah. looking at that correctly? That's 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 one hundred percent correct. And then th- and then if you notice, what they do is they they then turn around and they give the deed to the county, right? And it goes into the county land records. And then mm-hmm. the county turns around and holds it into trust. Excuse me. They give it to the to the county land trust, right? And then the county holds it. And then what happens is, is the county turns around. And says, hey, uh, you need to pay us some tax. And that tax subsequently ain't nothing more than a fee for holding your property in trust. Because mm. property has to be held in trust. So you're right. And now, this, this is the reason why so now, in the webinar, that... we show mm-hmm. how, to move the, how, to, how to move the property over with the deed from their trust to your trust. Okay. That's what I was thinking, because I figured what they're yeah, doing is taking the your legal title and putting it in the trust, basically. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly, and and then once you put it in there, it gives you equitable and legal title. Actually, and actually, if we're being if we're being really precise here, it gives you legal title, and then if you want the real equitable title, that's when you know you you have to extinguish the mortgage in full, but it then can be extinguished because you have legal title. Right, right. Well, because I noticed that the one thing that they never filed that they mentioned was the note. They kept talking about the note and the mortgage, but they never actually filed the note. They never mentioned the note. They never filed the note. No. 
Exactly. They made reference that, to it. That's the reason why it's so easy to put it in your trust and take it off the tax rolls. Ah, okay. So that uh, okay, I got you. Overstood completely. Yeah, man. You you hit that on the head. Yep. Hey, hey man, that's all top. thanks to you and Jonah, man. That that's thanks to you and Jonah, man. I Excuse I can't me. take credit for that, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, man. That's y'all. That's I y'all. Can y'all guidance and diligence there, though. I can appreciate that due diligence, though, because you know, and what you're asking about directly deals with what we're talking about tonight, which is chattel property, which is equity, which is uh, really uh, the ability to claim your property back. That's why I said well, now I mentioned just, earlier, you know, you could deal with mortgages mm-hmm. with this information, but I didn't want to get too deep into that because, you know, that, that mortgage-backed securities is, uh, you know, they come highly at you for that. <laughs> so right, you know, right. that's a real private matter, but, yes, you hit that on the head. Well, yeah, I just I just thought it was interesting. The ancestors led me that way this morning, and then you came off with this show tonight. I was like, man, our ancestors must be like tag team and stuff right now or something. It's crazy. Yeah, of course they are, man. You know, the information moves, you know, the way it's supposed to, and it catches those who, who got an ear to hear it and their eyes to see it. That's facts, God. But that's all I had, God. I just wanted to give y'all big ups, man, Thank for you, y'all uh, constant guidance, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to yield the floor, God. Peace. Okay, God. Appreciate you, bro. Peace. Uh, let's go to 313-590. What up? Three one three. I know you're there. Five nine zero. Open your open your phone. Turn your not uh, your mute off. My my brother Trini. All right, I'm gonna come back to you, bro. I think something wrong with your with your phone. Let's go back to three four seven four two two. You on the line? Yo, peace three, to the guys. What up? I heard you over here. Peace to the guys. Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah. What was that you were speaking earlier? You were speaking uh, uh, Creole? Me? Yeah, I heard you speaking. It was like in Haitian or something. We opened your mic earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was speaking Creole. I was talking to um, my my, my trustee. Yeah, Naboule. Kouvete Boule Kai. Yeah, um, no I'm so Thank happy and thankful. Lost sums of money comes to me quickly and easily. I think I thank you for the information that you put upon me, Joey. Real talk. I, I was lost. Oh, you welcome, bro. A lot. I got a I got a I got a heavy bag. I gotta get a consultation with you because I got a a nice bag for real. Move and okay. I need your direction. Okay, Real if talk, you, if so, hit me on so, the site, we, we can get that knocked yes, out. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, secondly, I don't know if you know who this is, the stand. I got to I gotta put my website together. You know, I just put my you unique in the air this weekend. Yeah? Good, yeah. yeah, you did, you did. I was, I was listening, I was listening. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been flying. I, I You know, I, I put the drone up. You know? Um, so July is oh, still on because cause I'm I'm yeah, looking to I'm go down you a there. Shout out. If, if if any if anybody needs some drone work done, how that stand from New York. 
He gonna, good he gonna luck. come survey your property with his drone. He do good, good drone luck, work. Good luck. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a shout out right there. Yo, holla at me, bro. I got you. July, no July is going on still. What are we doing the, in, um, July? Seminar in, in July? In, in Atlanta. The seminar in Atlanta. July 27th, oh, I, I believe. I don't know. I got to holler at Jonah. I, we haven't talked about a, a seminar in Atlanta yet. I see I see it on this on his Facebook page. Cuz I was looking uh, for it I on, have to on at Yeah, cuz I'm like, ah, I'm I'm trying to save money up so I can go or buy the tickets, but I want a confirmation that it's still going cuz one of the shows I heard Yeah, I I got the hotels were giving troubles or whatever the case may be. All right. Yeah, I don't know nothing about right. that, bro. If I did, I, I would I let you know, you know. Uh that's not you know, we were supposed to be working on Texas, uh, you know, but uh, in July? I'll let you know. You know, we're supposed to be All working right. on Texas in July, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and we're going to be working on some other states, you know. I'm trying to get up to New York so we can take care of New York as well. So, you know, because we didn't, we didn't damn near miss half a year already with seminars back at this COVID shit. So. Yes, 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 I'm aware. Um yeah. Joey, thank you greatly. I'm going to yield the floor. For real. Okay, Stan. Bro, you be peace, good. Peace. 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 Thank you. All right, let's go to 470-851. What up? Peace to the God, Joey. How you doing, bro? Peace to the God. Good, bro. Welcome to the show. Oh, man. Just chilling, man. Just chilling, man. Hey, man, I'm going to build on the other God question, man. About, about the house, man. Yeah, I got some folks, man, who kind of in an annuity trust, but they trying to transfer one of the houses to one of the kids, and so they can stop paying taxes. But I'm trying to figure out a way how they ain't set up in this, and they if they're not in this information all the way yet, how how can they take it off the tax money? Um, if they get part two webinar, we show that in that webinar. But, um, you know, I can always help them in the private with that. I don't want to give out too much info on the mortgage shit in the public. You know, but we can oh, definitely yeah, help them. Yeah, I've been trying to catch up with you, man. I know, man. I've been I've been swamped, man. I've been swamped. I, I got some messages, though. I'll, I'll, I'll get with you guys tomorrow. Oh, no, you good. I mean, it kind of helped me out, man, because I'm trying to... Help this elder along the way, man. And he was he went on that secure party credit and shit for so long. So I've been having to do a whole bunch of study to try to pull him the right way. You know, he's like he he's an old dude. He's been in this shit for, for a long time, so he he kind of he understands. He be shocked. Real quick, hold on, bro. I apologize. Hey, if you're in the chat and you want to keep listening in as we go into a little bit of overtime, go ahead and call in now so you don't get cut off. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four. All right, go ahead, bro. So you talking about your elder? Go ahead. Yeah, this elder man. Yeah, he just got he he stayed going in and out of joint, but he he got out, but he been on that secure part of credit this shit. So I I've been trying to catch him up to speed. There's a new way and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I've been having. You got to get away from that shit. Yeah, he he getting it. You know what I'm saying? Because he actually sent his birth certificate down to um DC. I heard y'all on one of the old shows. I was tripping. I was like, I don't know how. Oh, that's going to work out. I mean, will he still be able to get an authenticated birth certificate? He said he sent one to D.C., you know what I'm saying? But it was never authenticated, you know, with all that other shit they used to do. He was like, they securing this bond and all that shit. 
He can still get an authenticated true? birth certificate. No problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering because he still have another birth certificate. He just said he sent his certificate of live birth to DC with all that other other nonsense that they put on there with the the self value, all that shit. So I was like, shit. I was like, I don't know nothing about that. So I told him to still file. So he he waited on to come back from the state. So. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, good, it's, not like, it's not like some of that UCC shit he's doing. You know, a lot of that UCC shit you got to be real careful with, man. You know, with that secure party creditor shit, because you know it, it's a it's a lot of convoluted uh, disinformation. So, you know, I, I always tell brothers make sure that you really studying them codes if you're gonna dive and use the UCC. Because really, the UCC is supposed to be used. Uh, you know, if you're using trust, that's the best time to use the UCC. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell him. He he's kind of getting it, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's a good part about it. I ain't got to fight with him. I just got to show him. That's why I say it's good we haven't talked because I had to do a lot more studying to get some see how I could explain it to him and show him that what way he was going was wrong. No, son, I just had something on my mind, motherfucker. Anyway, yeah, Joy, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's about it right now, though, man. I ain't got nothing. Hey, oh, oh you, here bro. we go. Yeah. Oh, here, here it is. Okay. Uh, so you, we got a, we got a better equity remedy if we entrust and use an injunction instead of just being yeah, out of trust. I would, I, would, I would say that you do. I would say that you do. Yeah, exactly. Because because so, it I mean, also that, allows you to be able to go into a proper court of equity jurisdiction. Yeah. So I mean, here's my other question. So you gonna have to when we completely in trust, you gonna have to do an injunction for the trust also. Well, we was always taught that anyway. You're supposed to do an injunction for the trust. Yes, you are. Yeah. So that would protect the straw man, the spiritual man, and the state and everything because the trust you put an injunction on the trust. Do you have to mention all them in the injunction, or would you just? I don't see why you would. It's your property. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah, just making sure. Uh, the question was coming up in my head as you was going over this, man. Definitely. Yeah, Jordan, man, I appreciate yeah. it, man. Thank you, man. Like the other appreciate guy, man, well. I spend all my energy to, energy to y'all, man. Thank you for what y'all do, man. Thank you, Peace, bro. God. Sending you some positive energy back as well. Peace, y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to 314280. Peace to the God. Peace, you got cut off, brother. Peace to the God. Yeah, my brother. I just wanna, I just wanna be the, uh, 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 be for the ancestors and and for your love and compassion that you and Jonah bring them. Go ahead. Turn your phone up a little bit. 
Okay. You hear me? There we go. Peace, God. Long time. Peace, God. How you? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, Eugene. Eugene, what's up, bro? How you living? What's up? What's I'm good. A good long time. Um, long time. I just good to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted to let you know. Um, I'm gonna hit you up for a consultation and stuff. But um, I, I you know, I, I, I did my trust. Uh, I did my trust down in um Atlanta and stuff. So, um, I had a okay. question in regards to the injunction. You know, um. Are we okay. using um, the regular injunction template, or are we using a super injunction? I know we got to style it different now. Neither now that the trust is neither. done. Neither. If you're doing it for the trust, neither. Um, I have. Neither. I have. A, I haven't put it up on the site yet. But if if you want to get it, or anybody else needs one, um, what you can do is hit me in the private, and we'll tailor one specifically for your trust. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I want to do a consultation because, uh, you know, I want to talk to you in regards to business and stuff like that, you know, okay, since, no doubt. Uh, everything to tie everything up and stuff. But, uh, you know, you always you always um, put out good information, man, and I appreciate it. Appreciate Thank you, you and Jonah. Appreciate you, bro. You know, and um, voice, bro. I'm always in the I'm always in the background listening. So. Yes, sir. It's good to hear from you, man. I look forward to talking to you. Hit me up. Definitely. All right. Peace to the God. Okay, bro. Peace to the God. Good dude right there. All right. Uh, 313-590. What up? You on the line? Peace to the God. There we go. They was blocking you, huh? <laughs> bro, <laughs> I've been saying peace to the God. It was like, uh, click. I can't hear <laughs> Yeah, man. What's good, bro? No. Yeah, no respect, man. Just uh, wanted to let you know, man. I appreciate y'all and uh, that spiritual work does work, bro. Yes, it is. Yes, 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 it, it is, bro. Uh, authenticated my oldest child. Hold on. Yeah, authenticated my oldest child, bro, and uh, did that uh that ritual and uh. Getting out of getting out of the belly of the beast, bro. Oh man. Can you hear that's, me? That's what's up. Yep. Really? Yeah, bro. She did five that's years. Up, yeah, she I'm did five years that, in the belly, bro. Yeah, they turned it down wow. last year. And then I got with you guys. Authenticated all my children. I did that spiritual work for the ritual. And uh she coming home July twentieth, bro. Ah uh, man, congratulations, bro! Yeah, happy to hear yeah, that, man. Her, that's, that's, yeah, her siblings man. don't know that. Her mama don't know that. That's just me putting in uh, work from you guys, man, bro. Man, <laughs> man, man, that's, 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 that's some work right there. I don't care what this is. That Joey Bounce and Jonah Bay shit don't work. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. When did you get the good news? Yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago. My son called me. Man, that ought to feel me. that ought to feel real good. Yeah, bro, and that that that's my closest child to me, you know. So yeah, yeah, he was, See, he was and, hard, I, and I want y'all to know, we, we yeah, 
We've had conversations in the private, bro. You know, I told you, I've been through a lot of shit, bro. Exactly. It started with exactly. that. <laughs> that's when it went. That's when it all started and shit. Spiritual wickedness man, in high places, but you know good, what I'm saying. Though, man. But, yes, that sir. Yes, good, sir. Man. So, you know, you know, and, and, and what that says too, man, is is that you know you, you you put your spirit into the work, you know, and believed in it. Yes. You know, I mean, it's yes. it nothing to do with me. No, so I, I didn't I believe, that, bro. Man. I knew. I knew that shit. No, I didn't believe. I don't want to be the liar Eve and shit. Fuck the colonizer. I'm a no. You know, that's what you guys that's get right. was knowledge. Knowledge from the ancestor. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep, but that's, bro. That's, I did that shit, bro. Deep. I got the news. Yeah, everything is coming uh, coming to fruition, bro. You know, I, I don't know if you had a chance to check that thing I sent you. But you know, you t- you're too busy. No, as hell, but I will so when I get out I ended up, I mean, I've been so yeah, I've been I so overwhelmed, up, man. With yeah, shit, man. Up. I know, I know. So shit, bro. Are you and Jonah say uh, your help is your own right hand or left hand? So shit, yep. bro. I did 64 hours this week, but I I got on there and, and crunched that bitch out. I'm like, fuck it. I know Joey busy and shit. <laughs> Let me do what I gotta do. I told you, I'm, I'm getting them uh, docs in a row. But, you know, the people gotta realize, you know, that uh, the message tonight was, you know, very, very important. It's not just about the spiritual work, it's about your integrity as a person yes, and acting honorable yes, as a more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah this exa- ain't no exactly. get rich, get, get rich quick scheme. You know what I'm saying? It's you know they basically telling you. You know what I'm saying? You got to be operating correct. We worry about them being dishonorable, but worrying about them has nothing to do with us. As long as we do no, what we we're don't. supposed to do in a manner and way, and that's what you guys teach, man. You know. I'm, I'm going to get off the line. Love you, man. No homo. Hopefully you Thank get you, at bro. me no when you homo. get off. No homo. No, you too, man. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you a yeah, round of applause, though, man. I got to <laughs> give you a round of applause. Let's see if you can find me. There you go. Put that word, bro. There we go, man. Good work, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Peace to God. I got me I got me some new sound effects and shit, y'all. So you come drop a testimony, I see you hear a round of applause, man. That's what's up. Eight three two five two three, what up? Eight three two five six three on the line. All right, one more time. Eight three two five six three. All right, we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna keep it moving. All right, so uh if you wanna holler at me, this is this is your time to get in. If not, we're going to get up out of here. Uh, we appreciate y'all, man. It's been a good show. Go to makemorecommerce.com if you want to get with me. I'll add me. I will be on the air on uh, Tuesday uh, with Dr. Asset. Make sure you tune in to her show. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, if I'm not on the air, it's normally because I'm taking a hiatus, right? So um, with that being said, uh, we're up out of here. I don't think we got no more callers. And I'll holler at y'all next week. Peace to the gods.
tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Get back. Hey, 
You know, having problems with money does not always mean that you lack money. A, a lot of people who have a lot of material money have a lot of problems with it. And you know, that's the reason sometimes people will say, oh no, I don't think I want a lot of money because I've seen people with a lot of money have a lot of problems with it. Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather have the problems of having money than the problems of not having it. <laughs> You hear the old jingle, things go better with coke, things go better with money, even trouble. <laughs> even trouble goes better with money. <laughs> so don't knock money. You see, that's another thing. And uh, this is why you, ne you need to get the, the Master of Money course, because it tells you things to say about money and things that you're nev never to say about money. By the way, I'm going to give you this word. Here is a terrible word that a lot of people, almost everybody uses concerning money that you need to wash right out of your vocabulary. Are you ready for this one? Okay, put it on the board for me, Terry. Write it big. You're, you are never, ever again to say this about money. You can write it right under there, right, right on the side somewhere. Never again say Spend money. Spend means it's God. I've gotten rid of it. I'm not going to see it anymore. Is that what I've been saying? Yes. You, when you say spend every, every, as long as the thought is formed in your mind, spend money, you are dismissing money from you. You're saying, get out of here, money. Don't ever think that way again. Now, let's have some confession and absolution here. <laughs> yes, we do have confession here, but we don't let you come into a booth and do it. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution.